With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative. And it's scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Latow. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. Messing with your boy, better pray for your boy. It's Robert Latow. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Black people got their superpowers on December uh, the 21st. And mainstream media tried to co-opt it. It happens every time black people come up with something cool. Mainstream media gets a hold of it and, and waters it down. I think the first time I I noticed this was in high school. Um, when I was in high school, I went to an all pretty much predominantly white high school. And then I noticed the music that they liked. The black music was always like a year late. <laughs> you know, we had been on, you know, NWA and and the Ghetto Boys and and all of that West Coast Dre Snoop and stuff. I was I was listening to that in seventh grade, and they just got on it when I got to high school. So they're always late, but they always still. We come up with the good ideas, and then they co-opt it and take it. That's kind of the story, the history of our country. Black people come up with something cool, then white people try to take it. We can't even get our own superpowers. The memes are good. I was I saw a Sports Center do one. I'm like, okay. Sports Sports Center, ESPN social media stole so much stuff just from me. Just from me. I'm like, really? A lot of these sites, the way they do headlines, they stole that from from me, stole it from Bossip. They know what they're doing. They always steal it. When you're creative, you got to be careful because your stuff will get stolen. Terms you created, dances. That's always gets me. I feel always feel bad. It's always like the the black girls and black guys that create the viral dances. And then the quote unquote influencers who happen to be white people with no rhythm. They then they they're the ones that end up making millions and millions of dollars off of it. Or a black person go viral for something and then you know get it remixed or whatever, and they don't get no money for it. I, I hope that that car salesman guy where the money resides, where the money resides, where the money resides. I, I hope he gets paid beyond selling cars. Because I'm telling you, that that's going to be made into commercials and all other type of stuff. People are going to be stealing it. Other car salesmen. Look, if I if I I just I just got some cars. A couple months back, 
not exactly sure why I don't go anywhere because of the Rona. I think I got those, what is it, December? I got those cars in September. I only have a thousand miles on. You know where to go. You know, me and wifey used to, you know, always travel or go get something to eat or go to a show or a concert or a fight or something. And then then nowhere to go. Car just sits there. Looking on it's nice. They look nice. Now we just go to doctor's appointments because of the baby. <laughs> Baby's doing well, by the way. Thank you for all your well wishes. Little Harper Gray. We're starting to get into the routine. Everything's good. She has a ton of hair. A lot of personality. Eyes wide open. She's also 1-0 as a, as a Buckeyes fan. We got to point that out. Even though it was a bit of a struggle. What do you guys think about this uh, Jerry West story? Jerry West owes money to a fixer. Michael Clayton. What's that other show that comes on Showtime? About the fixer. You know, I should probably look this stuff up before I start talking about it. The Showtime Fixer show. What's it called? Ray Donovan. Is that still on? Final episode, January 19, 2020. Oh, it's okay. I, I watched it on and off. Man, it was on for seven seasons. I remember the first the first episode was something about an athlete. But he's, he's a fixer. For for those that don't know who a, a fixer is or a professional fixer, they 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 reside in all walks of life. Basically, they fix problems. Now, how they do it? That's what makes them good at their job. <laughs> okay. So, if you know you have a situation, uh, maybe a, you got a side chick acting crazy, or you got somebody blackmailing you, or you need a little help getting a contract or something. You call in the fixer. And apparently, Jerry West had a fixer helping him with Kawhi. The problem is, the fixer says, Jerry promised him $2.5 million. And after they got Kawhi, uh, he started leaving the man on red. When, um, when he started texting him. Now, the thing about fixers is normally... They're behind the scenes. They don't want their name out in the streets. You know, it's not really a job you can put on a W-2. Or is a 1099. I, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. So. But this guy's suing. And he got voicemails. And the voicemails definitely sounds like. Jerry knows. I mean Jerry West knows what's up. He's trying to take him to dinner. I'll take you to dinner. Thanks for all your help. I don't know why Balmer just didn't pay. Balmer got what, like two hundred billion? What, what's what's Balmer's Balmer's net worth? I, once again, I should probably look this stuff up before you know I start talking about it. What's his net worth? Seventy-four billion. If you got seventy-four billion, you know. Two point five million is like twenty five dollars, two hundred fifty bucks, like a stimulus package, which we'll get to in a second. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. 
You know, hey, this Pam. I don't understand. I, I believe the fixer. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even gonna lie. I believe the fixer. I think I think he helped him out, and they don't want to pay. Pay that man, Jerry. Stop tripping. Pay that man. Now you look all bad in the streets, calling the, the Lakers a shit show and all of that stuff. Just pay that man. Pay him what you own. <laughs> what in the blue hell? Toddy Pippen back at it. Laws. Laws is out in, in Minnesota with Malik Beasley. You know, I'm all for love is love and all that great stuff. My God, my God, how dumb can you be? <laughs> Left your wife, your kid, your side chick. Had a good side chick arrangement with your contract. For laws of Pippin. Who've been passed around the block. Like the running shoe. I don't know, my guy. This doesn't seem to be wise moves. <laughs> I mean... She all the way in Minnesota. It's cold in Minnesota. But they she called a paparazzi when you guys were taking your serious portrait studio pics. Yeah, I just she don't. I don't know, my guy. I don't know. This doesn't seem like you know, she this is bad behavior, man. You're you're twenty four years old. She like fifty six. I know the whole cougar thing and everything. And she don't got no money. And you, you mean you already paid. I, I don't get it, my brother. I don't get it. Now I want to put my Dr. Umar hat on. I'm just saying. You can definitely do better. Meanwhile, his wife is out in South Beach. It's, it's 90 degrees out there in the winter. Got a bikini on. Yeah, it's, it's that's, yeah. Yeah, I I think his whole attitude is going to change when, when she shows up with Drake somewhere. <laughs> that whole attitude is going to change. Right now, he's, he's, you know, he's cool, whatever. They got another fight or whatever. She'll get that divorce and be hanging out with Odell Beckham. <laughs> his whole attitude is going to change. You guys know I, I don't. I don't know these uh, new rappers very well. Uh, you know how you, when you were young, for those of us that are a little older now, remember when you were 18, 17, 18, 20, 21, and your parents, you try to tell your parents about the rappers of your time, and they just look at you like, I don't, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> That's me right now. Like, I'm aware of them, but, you know, I don't, you know, I don't listen to any of the music. Only time I really listen to the music is when they get shot. And I'm like, oh, well, was he any good? Uh, I've been told the streets, the, the social media streets, have told me that Lil Baby is the you know the hottest rapper around. But the only time I hear about Lil Baby is when you know porn stars are saying that he's cheating on his his girlfriend. This time it was it was Tiana Trump. And the girlfriend tried to, you know, take a shot at uh, Mrs. Trump, Miss Trump's uh, profession, only to be told that 
her boyfriend partakes in those activities. You know, it's it's it's, it's one thing to be. I would say it's, it's hard. I would imagine. I wouldn't know. It's hard to be a maybe an athlete, um, girlfriend, fiance, or whatever, or a rapper. Because even if it's not true, people believe it because just behavior. Like if just a random girl came out today and was like Offset, I you know I slept with Offset. Offset, you believe it? Just just because. Speaking of Offset, he got what, what Cardi got him what six hundred thousand dollar Lambo. Neither one of them could. Well, I think Offset could drive. Cardi can't drive. They have all these cars they can't drive. It's very weird. It's very strange. Then again, I just, maybe it's not, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I literally just said I bought two cars and we barely drive any of them. But I will say that's not because I can't drive. It's, it's because of the damn pandemic. So so you can't blame me for that. It's for the pandemic. Can't go nowhere. I would like to be right now on, what is this, December 21st. You may be listening to this on the next day or the day after. But right now on Monday, December 21st, I would preferably not want to be sitting here talking on the podcast or in front of my computer. I would like to be out in the streets buying Christmas gifts because I like Christmas. It's more fun sometimes to go out. Like I'm not a big shopper. Like I'm not trying to just go out and shop just to shop. But I do like going out during Christmas, getting stuff for the loved ones, seeing it up front in person, everything that delivered. Something about getting it hands-on, going into the store with the rush. I can date that. Can't do it, though. Can't do it. Even though, you know, I'm out here in Cali. I, I saw, it like, there's some, uh, I guess the malls are open, the outdoor malls or whatever, and they're showing them on the news, and people are like, eh. We're out here in them streets. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't chance it. Baby's two weeks old. I can't chance it. But yeah, so Offset got him a new car after um, after uh, he cheated and, and Cardi wanted a divorce. So, I mean, you gotta, I always try to tell people, never, never say relationship goals with anybody. Celebrities or not, but specifically with celebrities. That's, that's a different... A lifestyle, you know, that's a different mindset, and the the power dynamics are a little different. I'm not saying little baby's girlfriend. I, I hear she has her own thing and everything, but obviously there's some some be some differences if she wasn't with little baby than when she's with little baby. I, I use um, Travis Kelsey girlfriend as an example. Like, she had things going on, but when she wasn't with Travis Kelsey, there was no more in the, the, the player suite. There were no more vacations with Patrick Mahomes. You know, that was, you know, the, the attention that she was getting was different. So she went crawling back. So there's no such thing as relationship goals uh, with stuff like that. So just so you know. Stop saying that. That's not. That's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. 
the Injustice League. Stimulus check time. You're getting $600. Are you happy about the $600? I think people, when they argue about the stimulus checks, they do it in the wrong way, right? Like, you can make a, a lucid argument that $600 is chump change. Well, I still accept it said $600. It just, I think the, the real issue here is not the $600. It's the fact that millionaires and billionaires are getting a lot more money than the common folk. So when, you know, those stimulus packages comes out, you see, you know, Kanye and Joel Osteen and Tom Brady get millions of dollars. You see the wealth of people that are already rich actually go up during the pandemic. They go up during the pandemic. I say Mike Jones, they go up during the pandemic. And then you get $600 and told to go about your business. That's a problem. You know, $600 for, depending on where you stay, uh, for most households to take care of maybe a couple of things, but not everything. Now, if it, if it was $600 a month, maybe that would be a little more helpful. But, you know, $600 for some, maybe, you know, a couple of utilities, maybe half your rent. And once again, depending on where you stay. But the problem with our country is not, this, I always find this interesting. It's like we always say we don't have any money for the homeless and poor people and, and all of this stuff. But we always able to find $500 million if needed. You know, so maybe if we spread the wealth a little bit better when there's not a pandemic, we wouldn't have such a wealth gap within the country. You see what I'm saying? That that that's really more the problem. The problem is if you got five hundred billion just to give away, you know, during a pandemic, then you should, you know, there shouldn't be homeless people. You know, the eviction shouldn't be so high. Unemployment shouldn't be so high. You know, people below the poverty line shouldn't be that high. If you just got that much money just hanging around to give at any time, you give $4 million to Joel Osteen. You know, maybe that money, you know, I wasn't in Houston, but somewhere in Texas, you know, maybe that money could be spread out, you know, to people actually in need in those states. Instead of giving a million dollars to Tom Brady, Instead of Brett Favre stealing a million dollars from people in Mississippi, you know the rich get richer is, a, is you know is something that actually is a thing. What's the matter, Barkus? Barkus got to protect the house. I think here's another dog outside. He's been very vigilant and protecting the house. I feel you, Barkus. No, it's all good. Protect the house. So, yeah, that, that's really our problem. We have a wealth gap system that we have a, a system that is really set in to keep people who are poor, poor, and to make people rich, richer, no matter what is going on. So it's very difficult to get up out that hole, uh, depending on where you start from in life. And certain aspects is where you start from puts you in, a, in such a hole you can't get out of it. So that that's really the problem with the stimulus package. And once again, I was talking about this to 
I forget. I think I was somebody's doing like a research paper on what happened over the summer with the pandemic and social justice and all of that stuff. And I was telling them, explaining to them, they were asking me, you know, how you know how those stories hit now as opposed to in the summer. And I'm like, they don't hit as much. I think people have relaxed maybe because they're just exhausted because of the pandemic. They're exhausted because of the the voting period. Whatever the case, you know, like I did a story about a cop literally running over a black man with his truck trying to kill him. Didn't even get, didn't get punished in one way or another. And it was just kind of like, yeah, people, you know, shoulders just get shrugged. Shoulders just get shrugged. We got to be diligent just because Trump's leaving and Biden's coming. That doesn't mean that we got to, you know. And we just got to, you know, just forget that we still have this social injustice going on. I mean, there's still racist people walking around burning Black Lives Matter signs outside of historically black churches. Like, that's something that you you see, thought you see in the, the, the 50s, 60s, 20s. Not 20, going on down there, 2021. 20, but it's still happening. That's a bit disturbing. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit disturbing. So we got to keep our you know eyes on the prize. Man, when I was in elementary school, they made us watch that. I don't know. If, I don't know if that was good or bad. Like I don't know if you know. I, I was probably in what. Um, so let's see, sixth grade, sixth seventh grade. So what are you there? What twelve, eleven, twelve, thirteen, around that age? I don't know if at eleven, twelve years old you should watch. A documentary like Eyes on the Prize. <laughs> For those that don't know, uh, Eyes on the Prize is a documentary about uh, the civil rights uh, movement in the 60s. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's I, I mean, I guess, it, it, here's the thing, we used to watch it every, I guess, Black History Month. It's like 14 episodes. So it's like, it's very, very long. It's come on PBS. But they had like the VHSs back there. And I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> and we used to watch it all day. Eyes on the prize. And the thing about it is, don't forget, you're 12, 11 years old, whatever. You're watching this and, you know, at that point in your life, you know, you kind of insulated. I mean, you're 11. You don't know what happened in 1960. But, you know, it's a lot of violence <laughs> in that. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, they got the, the Malcolm X, they got Martin Luther King getting shot, uh, Mega Evers, like, they got a lot of Emmett Till, <laughs> you know, like, it's it's a lot, and they make, you know, we watched at 11, and honestly, I tell you something, at 11 years old, you watch Eyes on the Prize, right, and you hate white people, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You, you you end up you come out of it hating white people. You really do. And I think it came out like right when I was in in in, in elementary school. Like that's that's when it came out. I'm just re- I'm reading about it on on Wikipedia. Yeah, it came out in seven VHS tapes. It is not as avail- it was available to educational institutions and libraries from PBS on seven DVDs or seven VHS tapes. They didn't have, um, 
they didn't have DVDs back then, so it was on VHS. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was six episodes. At least the initial six or seven episodes. It was long. Whatever it was, it was long. My God. Yeah, I tell you, you hate white people. If you, if you if you watch that at ten years old, eleven years old, they're like, what's well, that? It was sixty minutes each, and it was like seven hours, six seven hours. You come out and be like, I never want to talk to a white person again. That that messed your brain up. Before I get out of here, I got to talk about Aquib Talib, an all-pro cornerback uh, for many, many, many years. And now he has turned broadcaster, you know, for Fox, I believe. He's, he, he did a Lions game a few weeks back. Uh, this week he did uh, the Eagles and the uh, Cardinals. And I think he's very, he's very refreshing in the booth. Uh, it's one, the one thing that's a little different from you know athletes in media, and journalists in media, or is that journalists have been quote unquote trained to commentate a certain way. It's just it's like teaching, you're taught to do it a certain way. A lot of athletes just get on there and start talking. Now some of them end up getting polished. Like journalism, like if you listen to Troy Aikman, you'll forget that it's you know Troy Aikman, the the former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, because he's polished now. A lot of the coaches they're polished now, um, because they've learned the craft. Others, like Talib, just come in there and start talking, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Here's the problem that I had, is that he does the same thing that Tony Romo ha- does. <laughs> Even though I think Romo is getting more polished, and I actually think that's taking a little bit of the shine off of his broadcasting skills. But he, he initially he does the same thing. Tony Romo just talks like he was, he was probably like he was talking to a bunch of his buddies at Buffalo Wild Wings. Just talks. He, he, he explains it in a way that if you were talking to your buddies, you would understand. It, it doesn't sound, it's almost like an actor. You, when you feel like an actor is not acting a part, and he's actually living the part. Like, if you watch Tupac and Juice, right, you wonder if he's acting. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes, I mean, you could tell someone is acting. You know who's good at that? Uh, even though he's an amazing actor, it's Denzel Washington. Like, you know, he's, he's taking the part, and he's acting the part, at just like the director and the screenwriter wants it to be acted, but he's acting. Like, he's like, I mean, that's a hell of a acting job. You know what I'm saying? But you know it's like Denzel Washington acting a part as opposed to, like, say, Heath Ledger. You're like, hey, man, are you, are you all right? Are you really into it? Are you acting? Like like I like you know early Jack Nicholson like you know uh, you acting and then here's Johnny so you see what I'm saying like sometimes it's just like are you acting or you you so into the part like you kind of lose the fact that this is an actor playing and you're like damn kind of 
you know, this guy's really into it. Some people have that skill. It doesn't make you any less or worse of an actor. It's just something to pick up on. And Romo doesn't feel like a commentator. He feels like a guy that's just talking about football. And I think to leave from a defensive perspective, it's doing the same thing. But it's a lot more um, criticism online, on social media. Why is that? He has an accent. I have an accent as well. Now, I could, because I was taught to take away my accent. When, when I was at the Ohio State University, one of the things they, they teach you, especially as a, a black journalist, is to get rid of that accent. And, and there's some, some actual technical things that you do. Like, first off, you have to slow your speech down, and then you have to really enunciate all your words, right? So instead of me just saying something like, you know, Dabo Luther King is talking crazy again, and I hope Ohio State beat him down because he's, he's talking crazy about, you know, the polls and all of this stuff and hanging out with Trump. Like, you know, like I would just talk to you guys about it. If I was to do it, you know, the professional way, I would, you know, <clears throat> change my voice a little bit and say, Dabo Sweeney has an issue with the college football playoffs. He doesn't believe that Ohio State, who only played six games, should be ranked as high as they are. Dabo expressed his frustrations multiple times in this interview. Check it out. See the difference? <laughs> Slow it down and enunciate. You know, but when you're just talking, you're just talking. But the only reason that Tlaib is getting heat is because he's black. <laughs> Let's just be honest. And it's uh, and what's funny to me is that, oh, I can't understand him. You know something? I used to think that was a thing, right? I used to. That's another like uh, another thing that white people have uh, manipulated and, and brainwashed you into thinking that black accents are a bad thing, right? That means you're not properly educated. If you have an accent, that's what you've been brainwashed to believe. But if you know, and I know, if you've ever traveled the country, and you like, say you went to Texas, or you went to Boston, or you went to New York, or you went to Florida, or you went to, you know, Michigan, or Georgia, you know white people got accents too. You ever had somebody from Boston talk? Nobody's not giving them a job because of that. You ever went to Texas? And they be y'all y'all in this and y'all in that. <laughs> See, that's what they don't want you to know. It's all brainwash. You know, keep that same energy. I think Talib is doing a great job. Red Cup. <laughs> ah, thirsty. Happy holidays. Um it's been a rough year. Uh, but, you know, we made it through. You know what I'm saying? So we made it through. Um, there have been blessings um, this year. So try to think of the, the positives as you move forward. And then hopefully in 2020, we will, 2021, I should say, we will be 
we'll be better. Can't guarantee it, probably not, but we can always hope that we can be, you know, better. Take your $600 and go live it up. I might try to get another, I might try to get another show before Christmas. Highly unlikely, but I might try. Appreciate everybody listening. Remember, you can go to Audible uh, and get a free, a couple of free audio books on me if you go to audibletrial.com slash BSO. Enjoy your superpowers. And if I don't talk to you again until next week, be safe. Have a beautiful Christmas. Be sure to check out the website, blacksportsonline.com, and register for my email list for all the new updates. Listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at BSO, Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, BSO TV, and much appreciation to my podcast partners at ABF Creative for all their hard work in making this weekly podcast a success. I'm out.